0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Pin the Q Podcast, where preserving the culture and traditions of the fire service is our priority. For more information, visit www.pintheq.com and subscribe to Pin the Q Productions on YouTube. It's our honor to showcase the best of
1: the bravest. everyone. Welcome back to Pentecube Productions in the Pentecube Studios. And we have with us a firefighter that is going to talk about fitness. This is a big deal in the fire service. We have talked about this in the past on the show. Uh, It's always better to get some different perspectives from other guys and girls doing this. Uh, I think it's good now in the fire service that uh, firefighter fitness is becoming more and more prevalent. And uh, before we go any further, this is episode 53. And we have with us, sir, tell us who you are.
0: I am Ian Palmer. I'm the owner of Thin Line Fitness, and I'm a firefighter in Irondequoit, New York, just on the border of the city of Rochester. Brother, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. So
1: as we're going to talk about fitness, I have a uh, delicious cup of coffee here. So that's a good thing. Always a good thing. It is. So, brother, when we start the show, you know, I, I always want to start by asking, uh, you know, brothers and sisters that start on the show, like, how this all kind of started for you, you know, and uh, I know we spoke a little bit off camera and you discussed your fourth generation firefighter, yeah, which is which is awesome. You and I have something in common with that. Um want you to tell me a little bit how this all started for you?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh like I said, fourth generation, uh all at the same firehouse, uh, which I'm I'm super proud of. Uh Ridge Culver, Ridge at the intersection of Ridge and Culver. Cool. Um My great-grandfather started there and grandfather, uncle, now me. Uh, My uncle, unfortunately, has since passed at a young age, which kind of started this whole fitness journey for me 13 years ago now.
1: I'm sorry. But uh,
0: my grandfather really was and still is the the big push behind me wanting to be as good as I am as a firefighter. Uh, You know, his... He took a terrible, terrible fall off his roof, uh, I think six years ago now, and his memory has just been garbage. But what amazes me is I can show him a picture from the firehouse from 1982, and he can point out every single person, have a story about so-and-so, a fire at this, fire there, but he can't remember what he had for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so le- 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 learning history about, you know, things that happened there before I was born, before a lot of my senior guys worked there were born themselves. You know, it's uh, it's it's honestly it's an honor to to listen to him talk about that time.
1: Absolutely. We talk about that quite a bit on the show. You know, you know, the history and obviously the tradition of the fire service is such a big deal. I mean, as we're literally talking here, you're behind you is a, you know, a handcart so yeah. I mean, you know that it, it doesn't get any better than that bro and no. that, that's what's cool about the the fire service and the, the fact that you picked there um to do your episode is cool because it, it obviously means something to you too you talk about your grandfather you talk about your family tradition and uh yeah. and that legacy that's that's a big deal oh yeah tell me what it was like for you growing up uh as a little guy running around the firehouse and you know, uh,
0: so i it like a lot of guys I work with, uh, I'm, I'm lucky to work with them where their dads or grandfathers themselves were firefighters with my grandfather. And, uh, there was a lot of open houses. Obviously, you know, we, we took full advantage of that as kids. Cause not often you see, you know, big tough firefighters dressed as clowns and <laughs> throwing out, you know, stuffed animals or something. But when he just brought me up there as a kid, uh, I, I remember a time specifically it was after he thought, you know, I was, uh, I, because I was, I was playing with a match, just, just struck one. My mom freaked out. So she called him. So he brought me to the firehouse and just showed me every little thing, every little piece of apparatus and equipment. And the guys have to go in case the house burns down and why they got to go and what they got to do. And you know, fast forward when I was 14, they had an Explorer program and I'm like, you know, I'm going to do this. And yeah. I, I remember walking around there and seeing some of the guys that still worked there and, you know, they had, they were on the job. and I'm like, man, I could, I could do this and get paid. <laughs> you know, count me in. <laughs> so, and I, i made that my, my number one goal from that day and it's, it's paid off and I'm, super fortunate to work with guys that I've known for 20 plus years at this point and grew up in the same firehouse with them.
1: That's great. And, you know, again, that's, what's cool about starting up as a, you know, a fire explorer and working up with these guys. And, you know, a lot yeah. of people that were career firefighters now, a lot of them started as volunteers. I would venture to say 90% or better yeah, you know, have those roots. You know, it's so important. to Remember your roots. Remember where you come from. Stay humble. Now, are you involved at all at the uh, the Explorers now?
0: Uh, so unfortunately, I'm not. Um, there was a period of probably four years where there was just one or two kids, and it just it couldn't stay afloat. But luckily, one of the guys you know he's got grown kids himself uh, they're kind of getting at that age where they're thinking about jobs and he's like you know I'll take it over uh so he's he's heading up that Explorer program and he's doing an amazing job with it big re- recruitment event coming up and it, it it looks like it's it's going to pick back up again cuz it's it's one of the oldest in the state it's yeah just it's thing it started in
1: 68 wow that's long time ago
0: very old but um i am involved a lot with the fire prevention program which is actually why i'm here at the state fire academy right now is taking a fire and life safety educator course so i can just get better at teaching everyone from you know preschoolers up to senior citizens and everything in between because it is something that you know i'm i'm super passionate about i enjoy doing it and It's uh, a good way to represent the fire department at the agency and really make a good name for myself and, of course, the people I work for.
1: Absolutely. Talk to me a little bit about how much time you have on right now. I mean, what's the amount of time you got on?
0: The amount of time I've got on now is three and a half years. That's great. So, but before that, I was a volunteer at my firehouse for 10 years.
1: Oh. You know, we like we like to ask guys and girls when they first get hired, you know, what was it like for you when you finally found out, hey, I'm getting <laughs> this job, right? It's like you hit the lottery. Talk to me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, so I uh I'm getting teary right now. Um it it was uh it was it was the best feeling I I, I knew I was gonna get hired and still um when I, when I had the conversation over the phone, I, I just, I, I was literally speechless. Um, you know, I, some guys, you know, they didn't expect to get it and it it hits them even harder. Right. right. Uh, I, I know I, I celebrated like hell with my wife right after I got the call. You know, I, I know guys that, lived alone and they were so excited that they, they showed their letter to their dog just because they, they needed to tell and show somebody. Um We just hired two new guys a couple weeks ago and uh one of them had a video of them getting the phone call. As soon as they hung up, he was just screaming and just, you, you could tell it was like that moment, that face, you know, that like that is the moment. I always tell people, don't ever lose that feeling because there's going to be, there's going to be days where you're not going to like it, just like every other job. Absolutely. But you got to remember that feeling when you got that phone call.
1: And I'm so glad you said that because uh, I always say that, you know, when you get in a rut or, you know, you're just not feeling it, maybe you're on a, you know, you're on a tour, you're not really meshing well, you know, there's all these different outside influences that happen, obviously, you know, yeah. family and finances and all that stuff. But, if you feel like you're losing it, you have to almost hit the rewind button and get just like you said, back to that feeling, back to that day. Remember why you did all this. Remember why, you know, you sacrificed so much to get the job. Yeah. You know, same thing with the fire department and volunteer departments. Now you see, you know, volunteers that are that are crushing it, you know, they're the high, high percentages, and then they, you know, life gets in a way and then they drop off or maybe working two jobs to support their families and yeah, even them you have to find that you have to find that spark again because it's so easy to lose
0: yeah it our, our our fire office is still a combination department and i don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon because there's there's still a strong volunteer presence which a lot of us that came up there we're, we're glad to see it um and you know you can tell the ones that just want to meet the minimum and the others that show up every single day, you know, they show up after a 12 hour day of work just to hang out for a couple hours, take some calls, ride the truck. And eventually those are the ones that are getting hired and get in that phone call. Right. So not only are they super into it and super happy whenever they're at the firehouse and we get a fire or a car wreck, or whatever, but then they're just building on top of that little foundation of joy for the job.
1: Absolutely. And, I, I too work in a combination department, so it's good to talk to someone else that uh, <laughs> most of the guys I, and girls I interview or work in a career house where it's not, it's not a combination department. So, and you and I know a little bit about that dynamic. It's, it's, it's a different at times, you know, sometimes, oh, yeah. uh, you know, there's, you know, there's conflicts and stuff. So it's difficult to, to man- navigate the waters, if you will. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, I'm lucky where I'm at. Cause it, it does works out. It does work out at the end of the day. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's it's a little different than being in an all-career house when you're in a combination department. Yeah. It definitely has some challenges.
0: Well, it's, it's 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 wild when, you know, we explain it to some of the guys who work for the City of Rochester when they come to hang out or do drill with us. We're like, yeah, we're, we are got volunteers too. You know, the City of Rochester, they have volunteers with the protectives. They're like an overhaul company. Um, But beyond that, a lot of them don't know that, combination departments exist because all they know is city of Rochester, which you can't blame them. Cause that's, that's all they came up in. You know, they got the job after they were working at Wegmans or right. Home Depot or something. Yeah. You, that's take all they
1: know. And you know, you're a firefighter. Yeah. Yeah. it's cool. Now I like the fact that you mentioned to me that uh, your grandfather was one of the inspirations for you to deal with fitness and talk about fitness and wanting to, to be a better uh, firefighter. Would you say that, um, that's what we're trying to do for others.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I'm I'm very uh, very lucky at, at my firehouse where there's been one person in particular that you know he, he's a volunteer with us still, and uh, he's he's pretty new volunteer. He's only joined probably two years ago now, but he's kind of brought me on as his mentor. And there's not a, a day where I'm not working where he's texting me and say, hey you want to do something and it's not always fitness related. I, I, I love forceful entry and we'll, we'll go through 30, 40 pieces of wood on the simulator. If he wants to practice flowing while moving, I, I deeply enjoy that. And it's a hell of a workout too. So, you know, anytime that he's calling me asking, can we train? And he's always asking me when we're done, Hey, what could I have done better? What do you suggest next time I come up? Let's, so it's very uh humbling to have that actually happen after only three years on the job to have somebody kinda on your wing
1: now is it difficult at that time to try to motivate uh, some guys in the house to work oh. out or
0: yeah uh it's it's unfortunate that it 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 is difficult sometimes um I think though since since I got on and I you know maybe I've been annoying about it to some guys, but they've kind of started doing it a little bit more um, but that there's definitely the the groups of guys that are very against um, going back into the gym and it, it's it's no fault of their own, it's no fault of mine or the 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 department itself um they they had a trainer come in long before I was hired that, you know, work, he came in once a week and just his goal was to demolish these guys in the gym. And they had that bad experience with him once or twice. And some of them actually were severely injured. You know, some of them tore muscles, some of them strained some stuff where they had to come out go out of work for a week or two. And with that experience, they're like, Oh, well, I want that to happen again.
1: Yeah. That's counterproductive.
0: Yeah. And little do they know, I, I stretch these guys. I warm them up. If they have an injury, I don't tell them to keep going or to change things up a little bit. You know, if something hurts, I'm going to tell you to stop. <laughs> and I, you know, I try to explain it to the, the older ones and they're hesitant. Um, one of our guys is retiring soon and he's getting back into the gym after a little hiatus. And it's, you know, he, he was just, he had a back injury and I can't blame him for it, but he's motivated again because he's retiring. He's getting back into the gym and I'm super excited to see him go in there. Cause I remember as a volunteer, he would just be on those stairs with a full weight of vest for an hour, just chugging along. And he, he was super in shape guy. Um, but we, we do have a younger generation that's kind of filling the ranks and, with that comes guys that are excited to work out and ecstatic to get that hour or two in the gym with no interruption other than calls, obviously.
1: Yeah. I mean, have you noticed since you've been working out a difference in your endurance and then, you know, your performance on the fire ground?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's, it's one thing that I, I, I try to, every time we have a fire, I'm just like, man, I tell the guys, I'm really glad I work out because if not, I wouldn't have been able to push that extra 10, 20 feet with that line flowing, or I wouldn't have been able to overhaul as much as I did. Meanwhile, I walk out and I see other guys just, just <laughs> praying for it to end and right. doing anything to catch their breath, and they're sore for the next three, four days. Uh, but absolutely, there there's no doubt or question or argument that being more physically fit, doesn't help how you perform on the fire ground
1: one of the things we've heard uh, a few times is that you know you don't have to be fit to necessarily be a firefighter but what need what you need to be fit for is after the fire because that's when we're losing brothers and sisters to you know heart attacks and strokes and all these other things and these things are traditionally happen off the yeah. fire ground
0: yeah, it's, it's one of those things every time you look at the fire administration reports for line of duty deaths is, you know, firefighter X got home and after he fell asleep, his wife found him on the couch, you know, cold and blue exactly. Exactly. and not, not old. You know, they could be, I've seen ones that were 27, 35, stuff like that. And a thing that we got to take into account is like you said, is after the fire, what are we doing? um, I've I've had a influx of people recently, and I I'm super happy for it because I'm kind of collecting data on it myself and seeing what they do and how their bodies are. But they're sending me screenshots of what their little Fitbit or heart monitor is saying, and it's like, yeah, they went from resting at sixty up to one sixty in a matter of a minute or less. Yeah, and that that always doesn't happen on the fireground. That can happen. God forbid if you're like if you're like us our fire our firehouse used to wake us up with this 1940s like foghorn <laughs> and <laughs> <It's> <laughs> luckily cute. we we went to a super uh, smart heart system which I don't know if you've heard of the company bricks they they've got a increasing tone and starts low but they've got certain color LED lights you know red for fire blue for EMS and you know I've noticed myself and a lot of other guys are just, like, a lot happier. Even if we get crushed overnight, when they wake up, they're not looking like zombies and, like, they hate their lives. But, you know, they look like they didn't get the shit scared out of them five, six times that night.
1: Yeah, because your heart is, you know, that you're getting that excitement. Your heart rate races, you know. And it's funny because you, you look back and you listen to some of the dispatches that that uh, you get from the house, and you can tell you from the dispatcher's tone if you got a job or not. Yeah. And then of course that's going to, that's going to dictate how you respond. Yeah, so I've heard a couple of times that the reason that they do the house tones the way they do when the, you know, the digitized dispatch is just for that reason to yeah. try to eliminate that excitement. And what you're talking about, I've never heard of that before. That's pretty interesting. So it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's
0: expensive, but it's a lot less, you know, it's a lot cheaper than paying for the funeral costs. And, uh, Absolutely you know, uh, life insurance, but,
1: you know, fire servers come out some pretty cool products. Obviously, you know, you know, when it comes to safety, we could talk all night about, you know, gear, you know, changes and, and that type of progression. But one of the things I've seen, uh, is the green lights that tell you, yeah, you can drive out of the Bay and the yep. red lights. No, don't drive yet. <laughs> yeah. Because how many times we, we go through Bay doors <laughs> and, you know, take equipment out and all kinds of stuff. So it's good to see those type of things, but what you're talking about, uh, that's a really good, uh, really good product. I like that.
0: Yeah. And it's, it, we're, we're waiting because I guess it's, it's through the Alexa technology or through Amazon. And apparently you're supposed to be able to change the voice at some point in the future. So we're all hoping that like, you know, there's going to be an entertaining one. Cause right now it's just <laughs> a generic lady's voice and she can't pronounce half the roads. So.
1: <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. <laughs> so but yeah, a,
0: a lot of guys, they, uh, actually Indiana Indiana University did a study at uh Indianapolis Fire Department. I forgot what year it was. But from the from the start of the alarm until half an hour after the fire was fought it was like 88% of the guys were at or above their maximum heart rate. There you go. For 30 for 30 minutes, right? after the fire, their heart was beating at, you know, imagine doing a workout and your heart's still pumping at 160 half an hour later, you'd be concerned. You'd be scared.
1: Yeah. That's not good. But
0: normally when we're on scene, we're just like, you know, we're still like, all right, what else can we do? Oh shit. We got to pick up the hose. Where's my (laughs) axe? So we're not thinking about our heart rate.
1: (laughs) A thousand, a thousand feet of five inch sitting there. Yeah. (laughs) So Ian kind of talk to me about, um, your family, because I, you know, everyone knows that you couldn't do this without your family and Uh, you need that support staff. Talk to me a little bit about that.
0: uh, They are 100% why I do what I do. Uh, Not only am I fit. So I make sure, you know, I live a long, healthy life, but I want to make sure that when I leave the firehouse, I'm still able to live my life because Firehouse is only for 24 hours a shift. Right. After that, I got the rest of my day or my week to live my life and to spend with my daughter, to spend with my wife. Um, my, my wife has been phenomenal through the whole process of starting this business, super supportive when things got rough. And I, there was many times, trust me, I I'm almost like, I don't think it's worth it. I don't think messages are getting out there. I don't think, you know, people are going to want to do this, but she's like, you know, you have something good going here. D- deal with it the way you want to deal with it. Just for the love of God, don't stop because I can see
1: that you're passionate about it. Absolutely. You got to keep, and, keep chugging yeah. along, man. But yeah. it wouldn't be possible without, uh-huh. you know, without that support system that you have. Yeah. You need that support system.
0: And my, my daughter now is the, uh, <laughs> she, she's the, uh, i want to say light in my life but that's a little corny uh she, she she's by far the, the the biggest reason i'm i'm doing what I do for myself physically the way I work out because i i love i love holding her you know she she's getting heavier by the day she's a year and a half now so she's just getting into everything but there's a lot of times that she just doesn't want to get put down
1: Listen, brother, yeah. ain't nothing corny about talking about your daughter. I got <laughs> I got two daughters myself, man, and they're uh they're a lot older now. But uh I remember them being at that age and, and you know, yeah, me when I tell you that, you know, there's a country song that says, you know, you're gonna miss this, it's so true because I'm telling you like in the blink of an eye, man, before you know what they're talking about, before yeah. you know they're, they're talking about getting their, their permit to drive, it's nuts.
0: Yeah. Um but, one one of my one of my best friends just had his first kid and it's a daughter. And I told him like I I There's said it too. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I, she, I'm not gonna be wrapped around her finger. Don't worry about it. You know yeah. I'm I'm tough, but she softened me up like freaking that. Oh, it happens. At you know, the moment she
1: was born, I cried like a little bitch. Oh yeah, yeah. But, listen, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not ashamed to admit it, me too. when your yeah. daughter looks at you and you look in your daughter's eyes for the first time, it definitely changes everything. Yeah, and uh, it's 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 awesome. So this fitness thing became business, right? So talk to me a little bit about what your message is and and why it is uh, what you're trying to accomplish really. There's, there's,
0: I would say there's a few things I'm really trying to accomplish both at the personal level, you know, in individual departments and, you know, even fire academies around the country. Uh, So individually, the biggest thing I'm trying to achieve there is to make sure If I have to go down to New Jersey or up to Maine or over to California for whatever reason, for a mass, you know, big event or something, flood or whatever, that you're physically capable of doing the job. That I'm not going to have to check on you every 15, 20 minutes to be like, hey, you good? Because I noticed that, you know, you were out of breath hiking up that hill or going up those two flights of stairs. I don't wanna have to lug you down those stairs after you collapse from whatever reason. Um, But more so, I wanna make sure that you are doing good for you, your family, your department, and more importantly, the citizens you're sworn to protect. Because they deserve that person that's able, capable to do whatever it takes to rescue them, save them, save their property <laughs> um, at a department level. My biggest goal there is to make sure that you're putting policies in place or just motivating your firefighters to become physically fit. Cause like I said before, the citizens deserve it. If you're a leader in any position and you're just watching your firefighters waste away into an armchair, you're, you're no good. You're doing no good to your community. You could be the best chief on the fire ground, but even the best chief isn't going to be that great. If his firefighters are slops on the fire ground after 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. You're as only good as your team. Yeah. The
0: fire Academy level where I'm at right now. Um, it, it honestly, it starts with the Academy. You got to think these guys, a lot of them are getting their first dose of firematic activity, being a firefighter. And, you know, it could last from anywhere from 10 weeks to six months. And if you're doing the same thing day after day, flutter kicks, push ups, squats, and that's all they know, they're going to lose interest. And the day after they leave, they're going to be like, thank God. Yeah. No more flutter kicks. I'm done. And that was the main reason that they brought me in here two years ago. at Montour on falls was they noticed that a lot of the recruits after they left, they weren't doing anything. They started doing reviews before the class, before they called me in. And a lot of them said, yeah, the workouts were not beneficial. There was a terrible CPAT pass rate. I think it was like, of recruits are passing their CPAT, which I'm sure, you know, it's, it's hard, but it's not, you know, fail it for the dream job hard. Exactly. You know, but it it was just terrible. And these guys, they were not personal trainers. They're not certified with anything. They were literally prison guards that were used to working with inmates and they were working out with inmates and then they brought them over here to a fire academy
1: yeah, two different things, man.
0: As opposite as you could get. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. But they were they were treating them like garbage, doing garbage workouts, and they asked me like, "Can you write up a report?" I'm like, gladly. So, I was I was super into it. I think after like five hours, I gave them an uh, eight page report detailed. I'm like, all right, we need to bring you in. And uh, yeah, from there on out, it's been astronomical seeing the differences between functional workouts, good workouts and, you know, proper motivation and uh, encouragement as opposed to calling them soft piles of baby shit and <laughs> throwing food at them and right, just right, screaming right. for no reason.
1: So when you are teaching in class and when you're trying to get these, these recruits into fitness, I mean, I'm sure it's not, what everyone wants to do. So what are you doing to the recruits? What are you saying and how are you motivating them?
0: So what's, what's been good, at least from the classes, I'm sure there's not a lot of motivation for them to actually get there, but while they're there, we start with a proper warm up to actually get, cause you know, they, they just got out of bed 10 minutes before they got down there. Uh, so they're, they're groggy. They're still, their bodies are still cold. They're not really moving yet. So after a good proper warmup as they're warming up and they're jogging in place or sprinting in place or doing whatever the exercises are for the warmup, I'm talking to them like they are an equal, not like they're beneath me, not like they're scum. You know, uh, I talk to them as they're my peer because eventually they are going to be my peer. Absolutely. And uh, after that, you know, throwing a little bit of, you know, why are you doing this today? What happened yesterday? You guys good after yesterday. You guys did great. You got a hell of a day ahead of you today. Let's make it worth it. Blah, blah, blah. As the workouts are going, there's always guys that want to quit, whether it's during an ab movement or it's, it's, it's always, it's always during a core movement, honestly, when they're, and they're wanting to quit, it's yeah, never really during give up. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell them, I'm like, if you're going to quit here, you're telling me that you're going to quit on the fire ground when things get tough. And I don't want to see you. Cause a lot of these guys work in my town or around my town and we run mutually together constantly. I'm like, I don't want to see you quitting on the fire ground after things get a little bit hard and your muscles hurt a little bit when grandma's still hanging from a window and we got to do something about it.
1: Yeah. You know, absolutely. So you try to bring that world world experience into, absolutely. Yeah, into the, into the training, which yeah. is good. Now, have you had any experiences so far where, you know, you've had these kids in the Academy uh, and then you see them outside of the fire ground. Have anyone come to you and thanked you or gave an experience?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I still, there, there's a fair amount that are still in contact with me, which is amazing. Um, some of them, they, they're too far away for me to work with. They're you know across the state or whatever. But there's a solid amount in my town and in my county that I see either at training events or on calls. Actually, we, we had a fire last week, and there was a, a good amount of them there, and just seeing how well they were performing on the fire ground as opposed to how well they were doing just during structural burns at the academy you know they kept with it they stayed in shape they stayed with the workouts they might have made them up a little bit some of them are more into like bodybuilding type stuff but they're still staying with exercising
1: how, how rewarding is that for you to see uh those recruits now oh it's how- it's amazing it's it's
0: you know, don't, don't tell them this, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's, it's almost as great as seeing my daughter for the first time. Right. You know, being, 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 being corny, being stupid. But when I see guys performing so much better than they were a year ago or two years ago, because they stuck with it because of stuff that I showed them, because of their own research into working out and exercising, it's, it's it's
1: a it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, I think we all try to to make the fire service a little better than how we found it. And Absolutely. As long as everybody keeps doing that, that that'll actually pay dividends huge for us in the long run. Oh yeah. So what's what's the goal for you, Ian? I mean, look long term, what do you what do you want to do? I wouldn't say it's for
0: me specifically, but for the fire service. Um we're we're in a new generation now i would i would call of the fire service you know we we had the the guys that pulled these things you know then we had the guys that wore the blue jeans with sponges you had the guys with the elephant tank or elephant trunks with scbas we have the senior guys that are still of our firehouse but they're they're of a different generation now we're at of uh pretty massive influx, at least from what I've seen around the state and the, count, the country, where there's a lot of hiring going on of younger firefighters with more knowledge than we've ever had about the benefits of fitness and health. Right. And with this comes, hopefully, at least, a better academy, more teaching about the benefits of being healthy, being fit for duty throughout your career. And eventually, the dramatic decrease of line of duty deaths. Because so, I, it, it kills me every single year to see. I think last year was sixty-eight percent line of duty deaths were medical related. You know, it, and it's always, always about fifty percent.
1: I'll that's, tell you the hardest part uh, for a lot of people when physical fitness is just starting. Yeah. Like once you start and you get over that hump, I know yeah. for me, it, it's very difficult just to get started but once you do and you're in that rhythm then it it, like get angry if you actually miss a day
0: yeah absolutely it's it's nothing like if if you haven't worked out in four or five years i'm not no one should ever tell you yeah do this 20 minute hit circuit and you know right kill yourself on no i get on the treadmill maybe carry a weight for 15 minutes you know start small you know eventually questions are going to get asked they're going to say hey I saw you doing this exercise. What does that do? How can I do it? Can you show me? And eventually, you know, you create a brand new culture either for your group, your firehouse.
1: Brother, talk to me a little bit about the, uh, about your house is, uh, talk about that kitchen table. We, I, I love asking guys and girls on the show from where they're at to talk about their kitchen table and uh, yeah. the type of discussions that go on there and what it means to you personally. <laughs> Because I know we can't talk about all the discussion.
0: I <laughs> say <laughs> it depends on the person. <laughs> um, so what does it mean to you? So it's 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 a staple. It has to be a staple. It's it that's gonna that's gonna be the one thing that will never change. I think any no one should ever fight for it changing. It is where you learn the most about the history of the fire service, the history of the guys you work with. What's going on with them, how they're feeling, what's going on across the town. You know, it's, 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 we always have a newspaper. We rarely open it other than to see, you know, who died that day type thing. Right. You know, the news comes from those guys and it's, it's the best conversation. You know, I, I'm, I'm a talker, but I I talk the most and listen the most when I'm at that table. You know, for, for us, it's it's not a kitchen table; it's a coffee table. But that's right. it's our kitchen's on the other side of the firehouse. But <laughs> it's it's the same concept, you know, same thing. And it conversations come up of you know, hey, what what's the they, someone will see a picture like in the corner of the room or something. When's that from? And the senior guy I'm like, oh yeah, that's from the fire we had in '98, and so and so blew out his knee, blah, blah. You know, just things like that you can't get anywhere else
1: absolutely yeah that's the best part of it the yeah. you know the tradition of talking to other guys and on the house and seeing how things went was awesome yeah so before i let you off the off the hot seat here is there anyone that you'd like to thank for uh you know your starting the fire service i know you talked about your grandfather yeah is there anyone else that comes to mind
0: um so yeah there, there's a lot of people so uh a guy who's mentored me since I was a little guy, uh, he's a lieutenant in my firehouse now, Shane Metcalf. Um, he's, he's always pushing for, for the right types of change, pushing for good training He's our MTO now. And it's, it's a phenomenal spot for him. Um, my Lieutenant right now, Aaron Biscaro, uh, he's, he, he, he's made big strides in, uh, becoming a good leader and pushing me to do better with my business and how I'm dealing with things. Uh,
1: It's a a difficult question. Yeah, it is, but there's a lot of
0: people. Absolutely. Uh, Jim Moss, I'm sure, I'm sure you know him. Um, He's been a real big, real big push for me to be better and write better and really listen more. And act better as as a firefighter. Um, Obviously, my wife. You know, there's no way I could have done
1: this without her. It's a good thing you said that because you've been a lot (laughs) in
0: in the military. I've I've got so many great mentors. It's it it, it'd be a long list.
1: (laughs) Um. So what do you say? What do you say, Ian, to these uh, new firefighters that are walking in the door and uh you know and you have an opportunity to talk to them before they go to the fire academy
0: what do you say to them? so i the the first thing i always say how was the phone call they tell me i'm gonna say and i always say like we said never ever lose that feeling They're like yeah, yeah yeah i'm like no i'm i'm 100 i said i acted the same way when people told me i'm like yeah i know but i've three years I'm still looking back at that and getting freaking teary-eyed because it's, it is the best part of your life up until you have kids, um, and after that I'm like, all right, you guys are leaving for the academy and well, they got two weeks left. Uh, we hired them two weeks ago, so you, you have a month to really get physically, mentally ready to get your asses kicked for eleven weeks, pretty much. Um, and I. I, you know, never mind anybody else, but I want to make sure as a guy that's gonna be looking over you, even though I'm pretty new myself, that you're ready to go there, come back and be a phenomenal firefighter because we don't want shit firefighters.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Nobody does. That's everyone that's everyone's job to make sure that doesn't happen.
0: And I I just I luckily these guys, one of them is in his mid forties and he's he's a freaking tank. Uh and he's super motivated. The other one's in his mid twenties and he's in the army. Great kid, super fit. And they're, they're both, uh, they, they get, like, yeah, even before they started the job, they're like, Hey, when can we work out? So you can tell they're super motivated. They're, they're going to be studs when they're here at the Academy. That's awesome. Um, But unfortunately, you know, at other departments, a lot of guys they get, they get the call a week before the Academy starts and you know, if they spent that time playing Xbox or something, they're not going to be so ready.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You got to prepare <laughs> before you even go.
0: But on, on top of the fitness, I, I tell them, like, you know, if you enjoy drinking, try to cut it out because alcohol is not allowed, obviously. Um, and, you know, you don't want to be suffering the, the withdrawal-type headaches or anything else or getting the itch for some tequila or something. You know, you need to be <laughs> thinking solely about <laughs>
1: passing this academy absolutely Ian it was great to have you in the show is there anything you'd like to add before you go um
0: if if anyone is to get anything out of this at all I would would have it just be start with stretching after coffee uh we all have morning coffee when you guys are done start with just a five minute stretch, you know, it doesn't have to be anything intense, nothing crazy. Just make sure you guys are nice and limber. Um, we, we've been implementing it at my firehouse and guys say the entire day after how great they feel. And even if they don't work out, doing those stretches is going to prevent so many freaking injuries. Your, your department's going to be happy.
1: It's so funny that, uh, you know, you said that and I'm sitting here processing what you just said and I'm thinking, that's so super simple. It's so yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah, It only takes five minutes. You're absolutely right. I mean, that's, you know, it's so easy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's simple
0: stretches and nothing that requires you getting on the ground and it's, it's <laughs> right. the easiest way to prevent injuries and it takes so little time.
1: Now on your, uh, on your Instagram page, can firefighters go to that page to see the stretches you're recommending?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, i the Instagram. Um, I have a whole stretch routine on my YouTube. Okay. Um, but if, if anyone have as I love talking to people, so if you, if anyone's got any questions, just send me a message on any of the, any of the socials and I'd, I'd be super happy to, to help
1: anybody out. All right, Ian. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. It was good to talk to you and learn a, bit, a little bit about Thin Line Fitness and what you got you're doing. Uh, and I like the fact that you're teaching at the academy and starting to mold and mentor some of these newer firefighters, which is a very important role. And the fact that you only have you know three and a half years on the job there, I know you've been a firefighter longer than that, um, but that just shows how much how, mot- how much motivation you have for the fire service, which is awesome. And I thank you for that.
0: I appreciate it, brother.
1: Thanks for coming on the show, brother. Thank
0: you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Pin the Q podcast, brought to you by Pin the Q Productions. Visit us at www.pinthequeue.com.